0: Yes, you lovely people, if you're not already, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify. And it was saying that, you know, if you get told you're in this phase, you haven't got long left.
1: (laughs)
2: Hello, everybody. This is the Foscast. Today, we are joined by somebody who I think is a little bit of a legend, an MBE, a little former, bit, a, 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 a little bit of a legend. He is a big legend, to be fair. <laughs> an MBE, a former professional footballer, made what four hundred and sixty-two appearances, nine for England, and a leukemia survivor, Jeff Thomas. How are you, mate? I'm very good, thanks. Thanks for coming on, mate.
0: She's funny. Nice
2: to see you. Right, we're going to get straight into the nitty-gritty stuff, all right? So I'm going to give you a date now, right? And I Uh want you to tell me why it's such a significant date. The date is the 4th of July, 2003. Tell me exactly why this is such an important date.
0: Well, it's a date that anytime it's mentioned I'm back there, it's the day I got told I had leukemia. Wow. And a day I was told I probably got only three months to live so it's uh how old were you at this point oh, i was
2: 37 i me now i'm 38 that's a year i'm a I'm year older yeah. than when you were told yeah
0: no wow. it was um i just stopped playing football months before fit i've gone into business I'd, and I'd, i was putting all these little issues that i was having night nice sweats and losing weight bizarrely even though i stopped training so just, uh, i just was ignoring all that and, yeah, eventually, uh, Julie, my wife, said, you know, there's something going on, so let's make you a,
2: an appointment at the doctor's. I went there. How, how long had those symptoms been going on, by the way? <sighs> Weeks, months, maybe. Really? Yeah, yeah. In typical man style, just kind of, like, yeah. turn a blind eye to it. It's fine. I was
0: putting it down to stress of having a new job and yeah. I'd invested into a business yeah. I, I was learning about. And I was going off travelling to foreign climbs, buying a kit for the shop and things like that. And I was just putting it down to stress. And, but yeah, there was something more to it. Uh, it was, I, I had a lump in my stomach that I was pressing. It felt like a sponge and it apparently was my spleen and engorged to about eight times the size it should have been. Wow. But yeah, and went to see Dr. Taylor, Frank Taylor, never seen him before in my life. And um, walked in there, he felt my stomach and I could tell straight away he, he thought something. He said, let's do a blood test. What are we talking sort of like right in the... Just buy me ribcage. What, just like a soft sort of lump basically? Yeah, it was just, I was literally the night before, I had my sister down as well and she was going on to Cornwall. So she, halfway down for her to on the way. So she was stopping over and I was just mm-hmm. feeling this. And she was a nurse. And I just said, I've jokingly said, oh, it's something I've, because I knew I had a doctor's appointment tomorrow. This is something the doctor's going to feel tomorrow and say it's serious. But that was just like... What
2: are you thinking? Like a hernia or something maybe? Something like that. Really? Yeah, yeah, nothing more than wow. that. Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, yeah, he said, let's do a blood test and I'll be in touch. Normally it takes about three weeks to get the test yeah. back. Three, four hours later, I got the phone no. call. I, I mean, I've spoken to many people since then that I've gone through similar and it's it's all the same. You know, that moment of being told is it stops you in your tracks.
3: And did they say to you, you've got well, a few months to live? No,
0: well, they did a, a few hours after, you know, when I met, uh, went to see another doctor called Shafiq, who was a blood uh, cancer specialist, uh, Dr. Shafiq. And he was the one that looked at my blood counts and said your white blood cells have been accelerated, but they're, they're not doing you any good because white blood cells are normally there for your immune yeah, system they're the fighters aren't they yeah and but they were being churned out and they were they were only they were mutating and they weren't they, they weren't doing me any good so yeah. they were they was starving me blood of oxygen so this is why I was finding myself out of breath I was having night sweats and things like this and yeah it was it was a day that yeah, like you say, that, that date just sticks there. Scary. It, it yeah, it brings all and the time. You had children back. at this point, didn't you, Jeff? Yeah, they were 10 and 7, Madison and Georgia. And that's all I thought about. As soon as uh, Dr. Uh, Frank Taylor rang me up, and I was actually in between two of the retail shops I had. I was on the, the A38, going in between Birmingham and Merry Hill. And I was actually going past a pub where I envisaged my nephew had just started Birmingham University. I, you know, I, was, I could see him in there. Enjoying a few pints in there in between, uh, lessons, whatever they call them. But and that was it, that was my mind. And this phone call just stopped all that. And I demanded that Frank told me what what was wrong. He didn't want to tell me over the phone, rightly so. (laughs) And and the only my experience, as soon as he's saying, I can't tell you over the phone, your mind goes everywhere, and you know, yeah. and I, my only experience with cancer was my dad, ten years, so more or less a day, and I, I, he passed away after six weeks of being told he had cancer. But he used to smoke like a trooper, so uh-huh. in my mind, I could justify, you know, he he had lung cancer and it had gone into his brain, so he went pretty quickly. But all I could think of was was my kids, my wife, and what what's next. And after being told three months, it was a
2: dark place. Was for that days. Was, was he was he? pretty quick at saying listen with with stuff like this a severity of it how sort of quickly it's progressed and stuff like that
0: yeah because i've ignored it as well for yeah. such a long
2: time i'd allowed it to get to this
0: this point but it, it becomes a big massive uh, learning period now you'd like if you're trying to take in all this information my particular i was lucky mine was a chronic illness but it was slow but Back in 2003, there wasn't a cure or there wasn't a way of beating it apart from one opportunity of having a stem cell transplant. And this was all explained to me the day after by Professor Charlie Craddock. He was a guy I got um, sent to and he was, I didn't know him, didn't know he was a specialist in this field. And he put me on a machine straight away and it was like being on a dialysis
2: machine. So was this kind of like a a trial at this point? Was it still in the trial phase or?
0: It was something that they they did to try and bring you back to a a stage before. Yeah. Where I was seen to be in an accelerated stage of this illness. And I'd been on the internet the night before. Oh, it's no good. It's It's no good. Don't do it. And it was saying that, you know, if you get told you in this phase, you haven't got long left. Oof. So I was reading people's diaries about having the similar illness and it, it just went missing. There was there was no good, good endings, yeah. you know, yeah. so.
3: I guess that's a different perspective though, because if, you know, if you were to be diagnosed and say, okay, well, we've got a 60, 40, 50, 50, 70, 30 chance of being it, But if you to, if you get told, you've time probably frame. got three months. If you've got a time what frame, what, what was your thought process at that
0: moment? I was just shocked to be honest. and. But like, that's what I say. The next day, I met Charlie, and he started giving me hope. He said, "Well, get on this machine, see if we can drag it back to another stage." And then, by the end of the day, he, he said, "Right, we've got you back to that stage, and you've got three years." Wow! And that was like, wow! I was a, a, bizarrely, I felt for the first time in a, a, a good spot. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I felt right. Like there's something to be positive about. And then it was a, it was a, a, a time of really taking all the information and that was there and what were my options and the only option i had of beating this was to find a, a match for a stem cell transplant and um, but then quickly you got told that the only chance of that is normally is about 20 percent chance of that finding a good enough match so you're just hoping that you you're lucky and i was I mean, my sister was a good match oh and really your sister yeah was a... yeah I was, and that's where i'm very fortunate you know i've seen when i was going through the treatment i was sat next to people, similar illnesses, exactly the same illness I and mean, watch them fade away. You know, it was a young guy, Mark, who was only in his twenties and he had a young family as well, younger than me. And I just watched him fade away because he couldn't find a
2: match. So you know, it was it was a brutal time. So so once you found the match and you, you're on all whatever kind of drugs and all this kind of stuff, mm. what do you put it down to? The reason that you came back and you beat it? What do you think it is? Do you think you've got something inside you? Do you uh, think it's determination? Well, no,
0: it was, it's, to be honest, but then it was luck. Like really? I, I could find a match, and then it's down to the skill of the, the doctors and the nurses who were looking after me. And Charlie Craddock, like I say, I didn't know
2: Charlie. Can we give a shout out to Charlie Craddock, by the way, because Professor Charlie Craddock is. He's a legend. one of the guys, the best guys <laughs> the world has ever seen, isn't it? Literally as simple as that. Is just an absolute legend of a man, isn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah. I thought he'd had a few drinks the night before when I first met him because he, w- he was shaking. I Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was a little bit sweaty. But uh, after a couple of months after getting to know him really well, and you get to know people really well when... Yeah you put your life in their hands and he's he's become a really really good mate he's the loveliest man isn't he oh his his family are
3: yeah can i just add we'll talk about um obviously what you then went on to do in remission recovery and remission but i'll just add at this point that that cure leukemia who you do so much for now that that you're a patron of the charity as is ben as well yeah so there's there's a there's a long-standing relationship here and um are you, you st- are you just a patron surely you've got to be like what
2: ambassador patron or something <laughs> like you're the main man you're like the pinup boy what you're saying is you're not you're not
0: you no like be, I, I, th- I'm th- I think Charlie likes being the
2: main
3: man so oh, yeah, he deserves yeah, it we, if, we can yeah, give it to Charlie yeah. to be fair I don't think you can have the egos in the charity like that can you so you're all pulling in well, the right to be fair direction. this guy
2: here does like oh I know I grand know. tour grand cycling tours to raise more well, yeah. charity don't London's I mean? Paris so I think that's what he yeah he does yeah to be fair I've done I think I did the London Paris with him um few years back kind of thing and like I say how old is uh, Charlie what's he's got to be 60 odd hasn't he oh, he's, what is he 60 well, he's pushing 70 yeah, now yeah probably it would have been 60 odd I bet when I did it with him Um but like I say he's absolute genius of a man like the loveliest man but isn't afraid to get his hands dirty and get down and oh he's brilliant what a guy
0: his enthusiasm for his work is, is what's got you know people in the blood cancer community now have, have, have been given hope with the work that he's doing and people like him yeah. They're working together now. It, back in 2003, there wasn't many options, um, but now there are. You yeah. know, you've got my particular illness is now a tablet. Really? You know, there's a, a, a trustee of Cure Leukemia who set up the charity. Yeah. Back in 2000, probably about the same time I was diagnosed, they set up the uh, Cure Leukemia uh, because there wasn't an opportunity of getting clinical trials on the on the even to a starting point. So they proved very quickly if you put a sort of a network in place and they've got commentary hospital, they've got Birmingham, they've got Worcester. And they're all, all talking, all talking, talking and other. working together. Yeah. And you, they got a population of patients that they could do trials on. Yeah. And then they very quickly found out they could accelerate trials. And pharmaceutical companies found that, wow, this is a good vehicle to invest into. So they very quickly got 35 million pound worth of free drugs Incredible. into the infrastructure. And then Charlie, it's a bit of a long story, but Charlie then when I was recovering, started as you know, I was asking him, what can I do to say thank you? And he said, we need to make it national what we're doing yeah. in the Midlands. So I went down and had a meeting with health ministers cause I still have profile from football days. I was able, bizarrely. Well, it was a
2: bit of a story, mate, to be fair. Yeah, Do you but know what I mean? It, like? you, you were a bit of a, it was a bit of a news thing. A former footballer, only retired months earlier, mm. suddenly diagnosed with yeah. acute myeloid leukemia. And it's, that's
0: how my girls found out. It was like, not a bong on news at tennis, yeah, so, yeah. but on local news it was like, and uh, saying that, former international footballer is fighting for his life with cancer. And that's, I we were trying to shield my 10 and seven year old girls. Of course, no, yeah. And they were just watching, we, we didn't even think. Well, I mean. Seriously? Yeah. Well, yeah, but like I say, it's just Charlie's his vision, you know, is something that I've, I've been trying to sort of fulfill and we're, we're getting there and he selfishly sort of give his his, his knowledge and shared his, his wealth of knowledge with other people. And he said, we need to do nationally what we're doing in the Midlands. And yeah. that's why I went to health ministers and went to big corporations and got a pat on the back most of the times, but eventually got a bigger a charity, a national charity back in the day to support what he was doing. We had a three year trial and then very quickly, leveraged about 250 million pound worth of free drugs into the UK system. So that was that was a great starting point, and that I felt I'd, I'd done my bit in yeah. the charity side. Then,
2: so what? We, what you're saying? You're willing to sort of like cheers, guys, right? I was more
0: thinking, right. I need to probably concentrate on myself and the family again yeah. because I was selfishly doing crazy things to to raise money and awareness. Go on, and like. like that. So, I got on, yeah. When I was told I was in remission, two years after, or a year and a, half, a year and a half after my transplant, um I decided to to do a challenge, which was going to grab people's attention. And I had a good friend who was following my story as a journalist, Neil Ashton. And yeah, I know
2: Neil, big it, bike rider. Neil, he's a little yeah. animal as well. He's like a mountain goat, he is. Yeah, he's a good, very
0: good cyclist. Yeah. Very good cyclist. And it was his idea of doing the Tour de France because he followed my story. And he, one of my positives when I was diagnosed was reading Lance Armstrong's book. Yeah, you know he obviously he turned out to he was winning. Well, I think we can all say in the, the world mentality of, cycling, of it, though. The I think is what you're talking way it was, about. Yeah. The, 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 the cycling world was a different world from what it is today, yeah. and but <clears throat> the mentality side of what he he fought to get back How to, he did to win it, yeah. the tour was what put me on a, a positive. And he was raising millions of dollars for a foundation in America. And I wanted to replicate that as much as I could in the UK. Yeah. So he, he was one of the things. And that was the idea of doing the Tour de France back in 2005. I was told I was going into remission the end of January. And we decided to do that challenge in the end of February. I got a bike
2: in, in April. So you've only first Uh, started riding a bike in April 2005 and how many months later was it that you're doing a Grand Tour? I found myself in July. What is it, 24 stages?
0: 21. 21 21 stages.
2: stages. Yeah, (laughs) it's nearly two
0: and a half thousand miles. Oh mate. So this
3: is the week, so this is the week before the the professionals ride it.
0: Well, back in 2005 we did it two days before the professionals. So we were... Every stage. Every stage and we're going up mountains with... The fans were already there, and it was a great lift. Yeah, um, but it was a great, you know, motivation to get to the top of every single mountain because a lot of people in the world of cycling, the media, uh, were saying that you're going to have to walk. You know, you're a footballer and this, that, and the other. And I, I just, and there was one guy who said you need to respect the tour. Don't just sort of walk up it and you know just get off the bike and get in the car. And I said I'm not going to do that. And I, I just sort of like I say, I just recovered from this battle with cancer. I'd gone from fifteen stone. Charlie said, "Put weight on before you have the transplant." Oh, okay. He told me purposely put weight on before the transplant. God,
2: I'd love to see a picture of a fifteen stone Jeff Thomas. I was a chunk. I'm, I'm what fourteen, fourteen, and fourteen, late fourteen stone. Yeah, I would love to see you as stone
0: mr blobby i was yeah (laughs) i know but i came down to 11 stone in a matter of six weeks is that is that because of the chemo and all that kind of stuff makes you feel
2: that bad yeah can do you mind talking about the chemo how that made you made you feel kind of is it as bad as what people say
0: yeah well it it, uh, the initial start of it was um i had to inject myself with a a drug called interferon which is a a form of chemotherapy and and doing that twice a day used to just make you feel sick so i had to do that for the first initial probably two months of when I was diagnosed uh, to help me get back into the place to get in a position to have the transplant. And then I had a period where I found out my sister was a good match. So Charlie said, right, it's time to get clear your body of all the toxins that we put into you over the last couple of months. And bizarrely, then those next couple of months waiting to have my transplant, looking back on all my life was the best period of my life really? ever. Why? Because me and Julie had made a bucket list to
2: take the kids to
0: Disney World, go away for Christmas. We went to Mauritius for Christmas. We had three weeks for so Christmas and New Year. And being a footballer before, never been away at Christmas. Never, I know. And just being able to do things like that. And with the girls we did, we went down to Cornwall, never been to Cornwall. Walking onto a beach in the middle of October where nobody else is there and watching the girls run on the sun was something you, you don't forget these things. Yeah, And, yeah, it was just a magical time. But I knew in the back of my mind they're going to have the transplant in the January 2004, and knowing that Charlie was saying that it, this might not work. And so you've got that in the back of the mind. But that period then was, was pretty special. Did,
3: did it change? Obviously, it's life-changing, clearly, but... Did you, at any point since, have you kind of fell back into not appreciating things or did it change your perspective forever? Uh, it, it did
0: forever. Yeah. Uh, but you do, normal life takes over sometimes and you get down on yourself, obviously, when things aren't going right, but then you realize it's not that important really. You know, the, things aren't that important in the grand scheme of things. A little if, trivial things. And what you thought were really important and we're talking mainly financial. When, yeah. you, when you're when you a kid and all that, you want to have your bigger car, you want a bigger house. Especially in the world of football, there's so, so much competition. You know, not, you just want to get a place in the football team for one. Yeah. And then, you know, you do find yourself like you, you get on this treadmill of like, you earn this much, you should be getting this. Yeah striving, and, for stuff. yeah, striving for stuff. Striving for stuff. And it, the, the world of football has gone to a different, you know, different level to what it was when I was playing, but we still had that sort of, you were expected to do is expected that. So you get into that mindset. And so, but when something happens like this, it just totally changes everything. You start appreciating those such trivial things, you know, like <laughs> insignificant things, like even just going out for a walk and walking the dogs, being able to do that and yeah. and looking at things. I used to look at people and say, I actually look at trees now. Or really? I actually look at leaves growing on trees. I was, I had this period from, like when I was training for the tour in 2005, I was enjoying looking around. I never used to see anything. Yeah. And he said, it just, it just
2: does over. You mean on the eyes. bike? You mean you like to look around and see yeah, things? Yeah,
0: you just, but even just seeing things in, in what this, this world gives you naturally in mother nature. Mm. I never used to appreciate that but now even now I, I, I just look and listen to the birds singing and all that have you stuff.
2: written a book up before Jeff by the way I've have, I've, have you done a book I have done a book yeah. should, was, this is like words for life this is the stu- no, sort of I stuff don't. that people need to hear and like this is how people should be living their life isn't Would it you
3: remember when Steve Jobs is well, obviously Apple very famous wasn't it and like he, it was his deathbed and he was saying like you know, it's not the cars and it's, it's people it's experiences yeah. and like you said doing that bucket list with your family yeah that's they're the moment that's what Matt life's around. about that's what and, and about.
0: my life now is more is my family really yeah and they come first with everything now and you know if i can help them still that that's my main priority and just being able to just enjoy things because you need to experience things with other people to really enjoy it yeah but to share that adventure whatever it is so it's always something booked now you know whatever it is looking something forward to, something. Look forward to yeah. something yeah
2: um can i ask a question would you ever change a thing would you change it would you change it so you never had this
1: Ooh. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Because uh, because think, maybe
0: you wouldn't have had the outlook you've got now. There is a fellow patient who went through a similar sort of battle I did, but she went through it when she was in her teens. And
2: what's her name? Brooke Brooke uh, uh, Evans. Brooke Evans. Brooke Evans. Yeah, yeah. I Okay, okay. She's a
0: lovely, lovely girl. Yeah. And she was couldn't get to university to do what she had the idea she wanted to get into business and all that sort of thing. Changed her mindset. She came out of it and now she's working in the ward. Full on nurse now, yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. And what she said, she said, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but I'm glad I went through it because it's it's given me a a totally
2: different outlook and a a better outlook. And I totally agree with her. So I don't think we can answer that question. It is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. That's that's what life is. It
0: it is. And life's an experience, isn't it? And it's good and bad, but... You, you come out of the bad and
2: hopefully you've learnt lessons from yeah. it and you move forward and you look forward I love it Jeff um, can we just keep talking about the cycling bits of Ben because um, you said a minute ago there you've got to respect the tour you know you yeah. can't go walking up hills and you can't get off your bike and all that kind of stuff I remember watching um, do you know the one where you? I think it was the the Vuelta you did the Vuelta one wait and- there a second
3: Ben just quickly on that Jeff did the Vuelta um, the Giro and the, and the Tour in the same year yeah. which I believe less than 100 pros have done that yeah. and I know they're racing but still yeah it's ridiculous what an achievement and so I want to talk about this one in particular
2: where I remember because obviously we because <laughs> <laughs> obviously i i follow you on like twitter instagram all that kind of stuff so i get to see what you get up to and all that um and i remember this one time in particular you were out in spain doing the 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 vuelta like two or three days before or whatever it was and there was one hill in particular where you were like you you're staying on the bike and you didn't get off but it looked impossible almost it was like that it was an absolute it was, it was like uh, a gravelly kind of yeah, like 28 river. degrees oh, it was like percent 28%, 28% yeah
0: 28 and that was it was 14 kilometres long and it was averaging 10 to 15 wasn't the anglery was it, was it? Yeah. yeah oh horrible was 28% at, right at the top and it just, you know, it's the Mentally. worst experience on a bike I've ever had. Well, me. that answers so, one of my questions. <laughs> well, I want to
2: know the mentality of it though, because you, like the amount of times I saw you at the end of the end of the stage or whatever, and they were trying to film you to say like, how did the stage go today? And you, sometimes you just couldn't even talk. You couldn't, no. you literally couldn't talk. You were so exhausted, like drained, completely empty. But then you know that you've got to get up the next day and do another absolute bugger of a stage. Yeah. And, that, and, and to be
0: honest, the motivation of what I've been through, of what I've, you know, the motivation yeah. that I has been all the battle with the illness and the people that I've met, they're the ones that keep me going on these things. Yeah. I, I, I always think back to the people that I've lost their battle, yeah. that I've met. There's too many, too many to name. But they're the ones that I think they'd love this opportunity to put themselves through this yeah. pain. And so, you know, we're doing it for them. We—it's
3: we, almost uh, like a privilege that you can do. Yeah. it. Oh,
0: it is, and it is, and I think um, it's such an important reason why we're doing it as well. We feel like we're we're always going forward. We we never felt like we're, we're sort of doing it for just for the sake of doing you're saving it. saving lives, quite, literally, literally. Well, yeah, you know, you feel in some cases that charities you're putting money in a, a bottomless pit, but. With the battle against blood cancer, we feel like we're actually starting to win. And yeah. with the infrastructure we got put together now, we feel like we're we we can see the end. And it, that's fantastic to say yeah. from 2003, where a lot of people were just looking into the abyss. Really, what's and it?
2: What's it like? Sorry, Tom. I was just going to say, what's it? Um. So so when you go f- through remission, what? are uh, like the the checkpoints where do you do you get to, do you have to go back to the doctor every year two years how, how does well, it work it,
0: it started probably every day uh, at first and then every week yeah. and then every month and then i I've, this sums me up really i because you've you've got a different immune system in you i've got my sister's immune system in, in oh, me wow, okay and that's what beat the cancer or otherwise I, I wouldn't be here and i was on a tablet called uh psychosporin. And it was like a horse tablet, it was massive, and it was hard to swallow anyway, but he's, when you open the, the cellophane, it stunk. So I had to take two of these a day. And I used to see Charlie, like I say, probably by this stage every week. And he said to me, all right, we're, we're a couple of months into this now, we'll, we'll start taping you off this uh, drug. I said, Oops. I stopped it a couple of like weeks ago, and he said, "You." film but i mean <laughs> that was my attitude i thought I'm, i want to get in control of my life as quickly as possible yeah. you know to the, my de- detriment really because i've still got issues because i came off that drug really <laughs> i don't i can't produce tears anymore no because of that reason because i, I stopped can't it, produce yeah. tears no so yeah you can tell me any sad story and i won't cry That's I'll, I'll pull a face and <laughs> i'll go really red <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, can no tears coming out. Uh, no. Constantly putting little saline drops in my eyes. Right. But on a bike, bizarrely, I don't, I it's fine. Didn't dry them out? No. Oh, no bizarre. I don't know why.
2: What a guy! Um, so Before we move on to the football part, we're going to go and talk about football in a minute. But uh, big shout out to yourself, obviously, uh, Professor Charlie Craddock, Cure Leukemia. We're going to put a link in the description down below. They're just giving page because they are, like I said a minute ago, they are quite literally saving lives. It's that I've 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 done bits and bobs with it with the charity and first and foremost, the people that work for it are absolutely top class people. Everybody are uh, fully, fully on board with what this charity is trying to do and long may it continue as well. Yeah. a bunch of top people, mate, you got, honestly.
3: You've got Tour 21 coming up July this year. So you've got 25 of you this year. Well, we
0: we we aim to get 25 every year, but we I think we're up to 19 this year. Yeah. We'd like to get to 25, but we've got now the support of ASO. yes. They have been watching us, what we've been doing on the bike for a number of years. And normally we, we always get in touch with them and probably try and not get in the way of the tour itself. Just it, explain what ASO is? ASO are the ones who actually own the tour and they own other big events. We're a family, a French family, and um, it's a business that runs uh, and puts all on the big tour. races together. They do and in massive events. and, and, yeah. and yeah, Dakar yeah. Rally and things like yeah. that. And yeah, they're a massive organisation so we're the first uk charity partner wow and we're hoping that lasts for many years yeah. and we want to build on what we did last year tour 21 uh, last year raised over a million pounds which was amazing to go into paris is great anyway finishing such a, a, a you know a challenge but to know that we've Gone past that million pound mark was pretty yeah, special can I tell
2: you about the time I did um ride um sorry the uh, London to Paris ride for Cure Leukemia where he said that going into Paris is a wonderful feeling it wasn't when I did it because we got sort of into Paris and you could start to see the Eiffel Tower all that kind of stuff and the last pretty much one of the last bits is you go down the Champs-Élysées and it's on like the cobbles kind yeah. of thing but before we got to that point, I said to the guys, we're like, listen, we've got another stop in sort of like like half an hour or something. And I was like, I need a wee though, I'm busting, I'm busting. They were like, we're, we're stopping in half an hour anyway, it's fine. So I was like, all right, I'll hold on, I'll hold on. Got down to the Champs-Élysées and I was like, we're stopping? They, no, we're not stopping. We're going all the way through this thing. And we was going over those cobbles, mate. And like, I'm sure it was coming out and it was going all (laughs) over the bike. It was coming down the seat, down the frame. (laughs) Mate, it was all, there's no worse feeling. Try and hold it in when you're going over cobbles, mate. I think I could
0: you as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah,
2: probably did. So I didn't get to really enjoy it, to be fair. But I've got to say, the four days I did was just, it was incredible, mate. It's amazing how you can go like you're riding 60, 70 miles a day, then you get absolutely on it. Like you're having an absolute session of drink. And then the next day you do 60, 70 miles and then have an absolute <laughs> session of, dr- of drink. It's incredible, mate. not do it. What a laugh.
3: But the Tour 21's got a particular challenge for you this year, haven't you? Because um, there's a, no, another significant milestone, but you're missing it this year oh wait you will yeah <laughs> so, so
2: it's your we'll bring tw- the mood down a little bit if you <laughs> want uh, no, t- no,
3: no. yeah my good yeah
0: my good lady julie who's, who's, who is my rock really she'd been there obviously two seconds and that but 25 years oh she's put it. her foot down Mar- no. married no married 25 years and it's uh, uh day 18th of uh, july <laughs> i'll be on a bike
2: oh so you're I'll so you're doing tour. it instead of that yeah. Yeah. So you put your foot down.
3: <laughs> oh, wait there a second. Well, He's got a good excuse. Yeah, to be well, fair, well, no, to be
0: fair I, I, well, not to be fair, really. I forgot all about it. Last year, when I agreed to do it, I, I, I said last year it was going to be my last one. Yeah. And. How old are you now? <laughs> <I don't know.
3: laughs>
1: Wikipedia quickly.
0: I know. I'm 43, different. 44? Yeah. yeah. Well yeah there you go. Yeah. No, 57. Love now, Jeff. You're looking
2: a million, mate. Oh, cheers. Thank you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I said last year, last one, and I was adamant that that was going to be the case. But there was a guy who came up to me and he sponsored one of the days last year. And Mark said, I'm going to do it next year. And I went, Oh, great. You love it. And he said, I'll do it if you do it. Oh. <laughs> and then we started saying, No, no, no and another long story cut short we got up two hundred thousand pounds and we shook hands so that's one wow. reason why i'm doing it wow but i lost a really good friend last year in jeff hill who was a editor chief editor of itn news and he was a crystal palace fan known him for years and he helped me out he was uh Producer and editor on Satanta. Yeah. And I used to Satanta.
2: Do, wow. Do you remember that? I That's
0: used to a do that, that. Yeah. I used to do that uh, Saturday. Did you on the panel kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. Wow. And it wasn't like Sky. We didn't have headphones. All we had was a TV
2: beyond below a, a class table so good for know people what. just when people at home are wondering what the heck Satanta is so it was like back in the day probably what 15 years ago or something Yeah. about 15 years ago this company called Satanta Satanta Sports it was um, basically wanted to sort of take over from Sky didn't they they wanted to challenge Sky and yeah. start showing games and like doing Soccer Saturday kind of thing um, and it lasted for what a year or so maybe and then that was it it kind of just went bust and that was it never to be seen again never kind of thing so s- you were doing it for Satanta okay
0: Okay. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. Good fun. And Jeff was like teaching me. And I, I, I did make a cock up with, with one game. It was an England game. and I'd named somebody. Got it wrong. Got the wrong name and all that <laughs> sort of thing. He said, don't worry, nobody's watching. You know and it was like, <laughs> well, Jeff sadly passed. He was only in his 50s, early 50s last year. Young family as well. And I actually met him at a Crystal Palace game on the Saturday following Monday he was diagnosed. Wow. And he battled and he was he just couldn't get well enough to go on a clinical trial and he was coming on board he wanted to be a trustee of the charity and he he had grand ideas how he was going to help but sadly passed away last year so shame. I really want to do a lot in his name I want to ride and he'll be at the
2: in my mind when I'm so is this is this, this the last one then is this the the final I'm, I'm not going
0: to say it's the last one ever don't okay. do you know
2: why because I don't want you to because I I hope well not hopefully but I should be retiring in the next year or two three four three four five uh, and I really want to do one of these with you Jeff I do I don't know I if I I'll always, be able to do it
0: you've got to do all of
2: it though. oh of course for sure I don't know if I can all do it, it. physically I don't know if I can do it honestly because I'm a big bloke of course I'm, you will I might... although
0: you know when I first started riding in, back in 2005 I went out with Magnus Backstead Yeah. Um, for a bit of PR and everything. He was great lad. Great he won Paris-Roubaix yeah. Big strapping guy. I thought he was too big for him. But he was telling me about the tour. He'd never finished at all. Really? He was huge,
2: really. To, like a Just bathroom round the
0: first couple of weeks where I'd
2: imagine some of the hill ones, some of the some of the she big off yeah, yeah, the Queen stage. If you miss a cut off you're out, aren't you?
0: Well, I think as well he was in there for I think it was set up differently back in the day, you know, the sprint days were normally in the first couple of weeks yeah or the first 10 days yeah. uh, okay they and then you got into the mountains and then the mountains came
2: yeah. along yeah so. that was some time for him to say goodbye time, then from yeah. there on yeah yeah he's no longer going to be a help yeah but I would mate honestly I would absolutely I would love to do one of these yeah I was, I was gonna really say would. Cause
3: with, with the charity with cure leukaemia I think once you get to the point where you want to hang up the hang up the cleats Jeff you need another another footballer to take over on grand, Ch- grand tour Whoa, duty, steady on. You. that sounds
2: like you're volunteering me for something here that does
3: I am ideal. <laughs> I
1: have
0: a charity band. Come on. <laughs> you're a strong guy on a bike so no
2: will well, i'll do honestly mate so that's what i'm saying so give me another three or four years or something so just keep doing it for another three or four years and then you're oh, golden all right I think, yeah. Yeah, okay Right, come on then <laughs> Pal, let's, <laughs> let's we, talk football, let's, come on, talk let's, get football a bit, let's get a bit of football talk on the go um your best best known for crystal palace because you played with some big boys at crystal palace haven't you, oh, you i played was, with some uh, of the big boys
0: yeah, Steve you know when I look back I forget he was only 28 when he took over at Crystal Palace
2: manager at 28 Yeah, that's got to be one of the that's got to be the youngest I hope I'm correct sure saying
0: that Eddie Howe was I've, very young wasn't he
2: not 28 young
0: no no but still wow But
2: he was well known for
0: being an you know educated football you yeah. know he mm. got a
2: degree in engineering why, why did he retire earlier an injury he must have been. he
0: had a bad injury knee yeah. injury yeah and um, so it was his first job and probably a year into his, his career at Palace he came And watched me a number of times at crew, and I went down there. And it was went into a dressing room, and it was the likes of Ian Wright, Mark Wright, yeah, Andy Gray, midfielder, you know, and just some top characters.
2: Some of these guys still help out with the charity, sort of look after all that kind of stuff, and as that, well. And that's the beauty of football, yeah.
0: You know, football is you know, uh, is you, you meet people on and off the pitch, and they become friends for life, yeah. you know, and uh, and you when you meet them again, you feel like you're probably about. 20 again. I know, yeah. You know, you just want to go out and do
3: the same thing, but you can't. <laughs> Not allowed. But you were, you were at Palace for what, six, six or so years? Obviously, years people or... know you best for for um, being at Palace I know you've been at Wolves because you're a legend and they're my team but um, it was at Palace that you got your uh, England England caps wasn't it there was a
0: number of us it was John Solarco as well oh wow Andy yeah John Solarco
2: did the Ride London the yeah, uh, London, London Paris, Paris
0: sorry, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah 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 and it was uh, Nigel Martin yeah first wow. million pound goalkeeper yeah we
2: had a good side. we
0: finished third in the what would be the premiership wow you know it was um, and Ian Wright obviously it was and Ian Wright has done London Paris. Of course he has. Yeah. Great on the bikes. Yeah. Doesn't know
2: how to unclink.
0: Still, he, he was come in on. the bushes every time. He's like, oh. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, imagine having some footage of Ian Wright falling off the bikes he couldn't clip out in time.
0: Oh, what he did, Ian, like I say, the guys have helped out a number of times when we've done charity. And I did probably 2007. We had great success in 2005. We raised a quarter million pounds. I won the Helen Rollinson Award, yeah, yeah. BBC. And I felt there's so much more I can do with Charlie. So I was asking him all the time what I can do. So we did the tour again in 2007, where I did it with a, a 10 cancer survivors. Cause I felt like, you know, it's not me, I'm doing it for the people. So i got these guys and Righty, and it was a year, it was in London, started in London. Yeah. So there was a stage down to Cambridge. Nice. So Righty did that, it was over hundred miles, first time he'd done but he So he, him, was flagging, he? he was flagging, he was flagging. So we had to put him in the car uh, <laughs> with about twenty miles to go, but we didn't know. Like you were saying about your your London Paris experience, he had to pee himself.
2: Just, and <laughs> there's it, nothing wrong with it, Jeff. You there's know. nothing wrong there's with nothing it. Nothing wrong. But
0: he didn't tell anybody until he got in the car. and It was a cold day, bizarrely.
2: Oh, that's miserable. And he
0: got in the car, and Becky, who was uh, doing the support, put the heaters up. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, steam started coming off his pants and it just Stink stinking it everywhere.
2: Eye. Yeah, no, that's it. We've got, to, we've got to say, this isn't like an unusual thing for cyclists, is it? Like the pros literally do this all the time. Oh, well, They're
3: they, they they're pretty good at mastering the wing off the bike, aren't they? Yeah, pull it to side, the side, boom. boom you remember, to side was it the Tom Dumoulin? He had a bad belly, didn't
2: he? had a bad, was bad belly. He had number two, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah, hits, what are you going to do? you're on the bike for 100 miles human nature, yeah. So what about your England call up then, Jeff? That tell us about so you've had nine England caps, which is obviously phenomenal and and how did you get the call? Was it a call? It was
0: it was um just Steve Coppell pulled me after training, just said, um, I've had a phone call. Graham Taylor wants you to go out to Turkey. It was a qualifier, European qualifier. And he started me. I was surprised to even To
2: be honest, I was surprised to be in the squad. Well, first time with the squad and then you're getting started straight away. Straight away, away, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then we're winning 1-0 and 45 minutes gone and he he said, you're right, you're off. And I thought, oh, that's it then. That's my England for (laughs) me. What what was the first half like? Did you you do... I I I I felt it all right. It was me and David Platt in midfield and I thought we dominated the midfield. And after the match, he said, you had the perfect 45. I didn't want you to spoil it. I wanted you to... Wow. So... That was it, that was the start and played nine games, uh, got injured in between so it wasn't nine back-to-back games but in the nine games never lost but never scored which was... Right so hold
2: on let's talk about this for a second okay because there's a clip I've seen many, many times, right? Where you said you've never scored, but you did have one big chance at one point, didn't you? Again, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put the YouTube link down below, all right? If you want to go and watch it, quickly go down there now, watch it, and then come back to this. But you <laughs> need to have a watch of this video because it's disgusting, yeah. Honestly, it's <laughs> filthy. So you get paid, who was it that played you through? Gary Lineker. Gary Lineker. So Gary Lineker is kind of the the the. It's a bit of a counter attack, basically. Gary Lineker's got the ball on about the halfway line. You've made a run on the outside played you through, clean as a whistle, one-on-one with the goalkeeper, and then tammy the rest? Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's horrible, mate.
0: It's horrible. I, I, I am predominantly left-footed. and I always thought my left foot was, you know, I could do anything. How many goals it, did me. you
2: score in your career, by the way? Oh,
0: no, I had
2: a Have good we got time in? In, in... Oh, 66 goals. I've got it here. 66 oh, goals. Right. That's not bad then, to be fair. No, I'd I,
0: yeah, to score, a you. score a goal now yeah. and then. But, no, I totally duffed it. I, you know, I went for a... a a chip rather than
2: <laughs> a dink. So, so he's drew the goalie out to about the eighteen yard box, didn't you? He? he came out to about the eighteen yard line, and you have tried to dink it over him, haven't you?
0: It's not even got off the floor. It's not even. He's not even got enough energy to really. He just crawled over the line to go out for a goal. How, kick. how far wide did it go? Did it get people said it had a corner flag, but it didn't. But it went out for a throw <laughs> No, it didn't. Go. No, no. It probably... Not quite the corner flag. I'd like to say it was the 18-yard box sort of line. <laughs> it
2: was. It was about the 18-yard box line. It was horrible. It was, <laughs> yeah. Hey, mate, you it's played just with- the, No, it's just the way that he came through and he looked so confident, like, <laughs> yeah, have a bit of this
0: goalie. It's against France, by the way. This is against France, France yeah? had
2: not been beaten yeah. for a long
0: time and it was Alan Shearer's debut. I like to talk about the positives of that game. Alan Shearer, he scored in his debut, yeah. I thought I got away with it, to be honest. I thought we'd won 2-0 and I thought... uh they
2: had and some great, yeah, players. some big boys. Yeah, who was it in goal then? Who was the France goalie there? Oh, don't ask me about <coughs> going back. He's in... got like a bit of a boof on hair, got a long, long. He's like long hair kind of thing. I don't know. Who it was anyway. he have been in
0: the, in the goal for France for a long time.
2: <sighs> Not, no, I wouldn't. Big... I don't know. I ain't got a clue. I ain't got a. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah. So anyway, mate. Um, no, it's a "Lovely, Cliff." Honestly, that There's, was
0: it, that it... was the end of my uh, and <laughs> I, I never spoke to Graham Taylor. He never rang me up to say you dropped. And then next time I saw Graham Taylor, I got, just got transferred to uh, Wolves. And a year into my Wolves career, uh, Graham Turner who bought me got sacked and Graham Taylor came in. At Wolves? At Wolves, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, little uh, knock on the door in the dressing room, somebody asking, can Jeff Thomas go and see Graham Taylor? please?" That was it. Yeah, so. So I was injured at the time, I'd done my cruise ship at, um, at yeah, early on in my career there and yeah met him but yeah we became really good friends actually. lovely guy isn't he yeah top top guy you know when you're an England manager there's so much pressure on you yeah you, you don't get to see the man yeah you just see him for a couple of di- hours a day you know in that time when you're in, in, in England training camp and that but he had a it just sums him up Steve Harrison he had his, his, his coach do you know Steve Harrison? No, I don't know. The funniest man I've ever met in really? football. Funniest man. It, the things you can't you can't discuss I mean, really he's so near the knuckle all the time. Yeah. But so funny. And and it just summed him up what sort of he knew what worked. Yeah. What addressing room, how it worked, and what characters and Yeah he was I thought he was Doing really well When he started His England career I think he went About 13, 14, 15 Games himself Without game game Wow And then You know Everybody remembers him For the negative spot. That that's life, isn't it? That's football, that's especially yeah. as well, mate. And,
2: then, yeah. and no, then, can I just say quickly, lovely guy there, Graham Taylor. I've met him a couple of times, and I can echo what you said there. What Watford legend as well, by the way. Of course, um, but absolutely lovely bloke. His family still come to the games quite a lot. His wife and um they're they're you know he's held in such high regard at Watford. Yeah, well respected. Yeah, really yeah. good guy. Really good guy.
3: And so the current England gaffer, Mister Gareth Southgate. So you were his skipper at Palace, weren't you?
2: Yeah, he was.
0: um I think it was about 16, 17 when I first went there, so yeah. Taught him everything I'm, I knew. What was Gareth, what <laughs> Off was Gareth like
2: back in the day? Then was he? Because I've read I've read a story about Gareth Southgate. He was like Mister Professional, basically. Have you right. seen the, yeah, There's a video, isn't yeah. it? Have you seen the videos where they're like, "What do you like to do on a Saturday night?" And he's like, "It's like almost James Milner-ish, like like I'll have a ribena and yeah, in, and I'll a salad, a or, coke, yeah, or it? something like that, kind of
0: thing." It, yeah, right from day one, he was like that. Really? You know, he's uh, he's he wrote a book with um, Andy Woodman. He yeah. was goalkeeper, yeah, his, coach, his yeah. best mate at the time and probably still is, Andy, yeah. great character. Andy was like, they were like chalk and cheese, really. Andy was w- wanting to get on the beer and yeah. get out there after a game. Good lad, he's a goalie though,
2: is he? Good lad. Yeah,
0: yeah, great lad. But Gareth would go out with him, but then he'd be, you know, collar and tie and nicely done up. Really? Yeah, I'll t- can I tell you about one night, this sums up Gareth. We've gone out, we've celebrated, we, I think we played Tottenham away and we've, we've come back and we've gone straight out straight on a few beers and we're in a nightclub and it was called Joe Bananas this nightclub (laughs) in in Croydon and there was a group of lads that were getting a little bit upset because Andy Woodman good looking guy was making making eye with one of the girls and everything these guys uh, got a little bit upset about it it kicked off a little bit and obviously, everybody was looking at. There was one of it was a young lad that was in the squad. He'd come over from Canada on trial and he'd been dragged out by the bouncers. They thought he was one of theirs, uh, they, in their group. And we said, no, no, not him. So we piled out to drag him back in. And Gareth, he's, oh, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't actually move. You know, he was color and tied, didn't move. He just stood against the wall watching it all go off. Yeah. And that, he just not was getting pro- involved. I don't want to get involved. involved in that. Yeah. He was professional. Yeah. Don't
2: need loss. any of that. I don't blame you, Gareth. I'm with you, mate. No, yeah. No. When you see trouble kicking off, mate, take moonwalk back to the wall
3: and place yourself there. <laughs> no, he's a lovely guy. So Top top guy. When you were like playing with him, did, did did you Here's a question for both of you. When you're playing with players, can you see that they are going to be a manager is there something about, oh, about that you yeah.
2: can answer that one because you were talking about the england manager here so was, was it was it obvious yeah, from, I, from I early think
0: on gareth was always he was captain i was captain at crystal palace for six years and he became captain as soon as i left i think he was probably about 23 and he was a natural leader and yeah you could see it really? he, he's, he's a bright enough kid right yeah. from then he was you could see that he
3: What kind of a leader, like as a, as a captain, was he a, was he like a talker? Was he quite methodical like he is as a, a manager or was he kind of, would he write, you know, get the lads going, shouting? I I think it
0: was a different era back then as well. You know, everybody was a bit more vocal back then. Yeah. And I think he could take that as well. He, 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 you know, he, he, he was in a dressing room, which was a tough dressing room anyway. And you you had to survive that, you know, yeah. with the likes of Ian Wright and that.
2: Yeah, of course, yeah.
0: And yeah, you for him to survive that and then come out of that and then become captain of the side as well, you know, and he was captain of the side that got Palace back into the Premiership, so he, he had success in doing that. And then he, I think, went to Middlesbrough and yeah,
2: yeah, of course, yeah,
0: became manager up there as well. So yeah, yeah, he, he's a born natural leader
2: i think he's i think what what gareth strikes me as again i met met the guy a few times um he just he's he's like this new modern wave of manager isn't he where um it's not about the bawling and shouting and screaming at players and trying demanding this and demanding that it's more of a put an arm around them speak to them on a on a level playing field and go listen mate you're incredible you are can you go and do that like just go out there and do what comes naturally to you. I think that's what he's mastered with England. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. he's taken away all the gumph. Like he's yeah. he's. It's like he's harmonized the country. Yeah. He's brought together the media. He's brought together the the players. Everybody seems to trust each other. And now it's like the national team is once again something that you look forward to watching, isn't it? Like you you like well, it. D- he went on the, the media off.
0: side when he finished football for a little bit. Didn't yeah, he, he did bit yeah. on ITV for a while as a pundit. Yeah, and I think he he. he picked up then is so important to have those guys on side Yeah. so we opened up the players you know the managers before sort of put the players in like closet kept them
3: away from of the course, media yeah. side so they didn't do anything it was more. always just yeah. constantly
2: butting horns in there yeah. it?
3: I think well, it was what we needed wasn't it I think it was exactly what we needed and credit to the chap because He's, he did completely galvanise the nation yeah, and, right and kind he of, uh, he, yeah. he went in there and I must have analysed and I know Steve Holland's really important to him and, and whatnot. And they've obviously gone, well, you know, let's bring the players back to the public. Yeah. Okay. These are all top level professional professionals. I'm guessing they don't coach them to within an inch of their life, but with previous managers, you know, Capello, even Sven and... um it's almost like we just needed someone to come in and, and, and glue the lads yeah, together course, and glue yeah. the nation together. And that's what he seems to be doing. Yeah.
0: But he's, he's, a, he's his own man as well. He doesn't bow to pressure from outside or above him or anything like that. He's, he's very opinionated. Mm. And he'll stand by what he believes,
2: and I think that's his, his success. Yeah, it's good. It's good to yeah. see. There's a lot never, of learning. I never, sorry, I was going
3: to say another another guy that helps out with the charity a lot actually, Gareth Southgate. He does, oh, he he does he's quite massive, a bit yeah. for game. Yeah, he does a lot. Um, I think it was quite documented when he first took over. He would go and look at other sports and training methods, wasn't he? A little bit, I guess, like Arsene Wenger back. Back in the day, yeah. and looking at, I think Gareth was at like NFL. We would go to like talk to oh, NFL really coaches different, works and, and just see what, because ultimately it's another sporting team, isn't it? Yeah. And things have sometimes always done a and certain it, way.
0: I think you feel with Gareth as well, he's, he's still willing to learn. Yeah. And, and the past managers have got this, they feel like they're on this pedestal where it's all about me and all that sort of thing. But it, you get that sense with Gareth that. He still wants to listen to players. He speaks so well, though, as well, yeah, does yeah, he? speaks he
2: does. so blooming well. So every, you every single topic that comes up, whether it's a bit of a scandal thing, a bit of a this or that, he just addresses it in the right way all the yeah. time, doesn't he? Never so, misses
3: a target. What are your thoughts on the World Cup this year, Jeff? Do you think we've got a chance? Always
0: got
2: a chance. I was thinking about the World Cup. It's pretty, It's like nine months away, isn't it? Qatar. Does How weird it? is it going to be this no, year, Jeff? Having a World Cup in December. I know. It's bonkers, isn't it? Oh, money, isn't it? It is, mate. I know. Halfway through the season, though, I don't know how it's going to play out. You could get some weird and wonderful results this it could year. Be could be interesting. I think. Nice no, holiday yeah. for you, though. I don't know, mate. To be honest, with you. But like say, if I'm still playing, you, it won't really stop. It's. I think we'll probably end up getting you know maybe a, a week off or something, but that'd be about it. You reckon? Yeah,
3: it won't. It won't all shut down for a good like month or six weeks or something like that
2: yeah weird one anyway
3: weird be interesting to see how the teams manage it because obviously if you've got players going out to world cup and certain players it does honestly the schedule doesn't change so much it's um,
2: the, I think the season starts maybe a week earlier maybe finishes a week later a or something play, but yeah. that's it it doesn't really touch the sides of it yeah they've got a good young side now though, yeah. they? they've got it's some been, great players like they've got a chance right I've got a load of uh, questions quick fire Q&A you can go as deep into the answer as you want or you can just give it simple 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 right. simple um, <laughs> favourite cheat meal. <laughs> favorite what? Cheat meal? meal food. If you've got to have some food, like you want a cheat meal, what? What's Jeff? Bag of chips. Cover? A bag of chips, like chippy chips. Yeah, I'm oh. all over that. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that, Jeff. Nothing kid. Um, gravy and curry sauce. Gravy and
0: curry sauce. What's wrong with it? Or not gravy mushy and? Peas. Or mushy peas. Yeah, yeah. If we're going. That's going a bit too far. You said no cheap. gravy. You said cheap oh no no chip no, no cheat. I'm, not, I'm not a chip cheat cheat, not cheat cheat meal
3: cheat meal cheat cheat like, yeah <laughs> I, I said cheat <laughs> no, no as in right you've done you've done 80 miles on the bike <laughs> you've got free run to have your guilty pleasure whatever you want oh. what Chips are you going for cheap
2: you know mate they cost
0: like a fiver now yeah, no they no, don't
2: no I'm
0: I've not eaten meat now for <laughs> five years have you not I've really I'm vegan well I'm well, not vegan veggie yeah uh, i vegetarian. Oh, okay. A cop out, you know. I I see fish <laughs> I see the fisher has got a chance of getting away. <laughs>
2: so, yeah. It's a fair fight. He's got yeah. a fair fight. No, already. so
0: oh, I, I just love curries
2: and things like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Cakes>. <laughs> I thought it was cheap, cheap, cheap chips man. and peas. Cheap cheap, mate,
2: all right? Um who were your idols growing up? Colin Bell. Colin Bell. Okay. I was, uh, man City?
0: Yeah, was yeah he I was born right next to Main Road football yeah. pitch uh, ground,
3: literally a stone throw away. <laughs> Did not did they did they was this a joke when i was growing up or did they have a stand called the bell end Oh, that's what they were going to call one of the stands when they
0: moved weren't they was oh it? and they didn't I they th- didn't in the end of that, i don't think no
3: well there was uh, i don't
0: know maybe there's r- a colin bell um room a, a corporate room now i think
2: right got yeah well yeah there was but yeah can't bell end um <laughs> i've got here biggest <laughs> advice you could give to your younger self That's a good question,
0: isn't it? Stand next to Gareth Southgate.
2: Really? Just watch him. Just watch him.
1: Watch uh,
0: him
2: operate. Be sensible. Yeah. I enjoy my time back then. Bloody right. Why wouldn't you? Um, Is there anything, you spoke about your bucket list earlier, have you still got anything on that bucket list that you want to do? Loads. Go on.
0: The the world's, you know, it's a smaller place now and you can get to everywhere. I've not been to South America yet. Yeah. I, I, people that come back from there saying it's the best place so yeah i want to
2: get travel travel love it um if you had to do karaoke what would you go to you don't want me to do that i know but if you were forced backed into a corner you got to sing a song what song you do
0: i can't even i I can't remember any words to a song (laughs) it's on the screen you're (laughs) right (laughs) go on jeff you can't think
1: think of any song that he
2: actually would want to sing Probably you too. Yeah. 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 What? Beautiful Day? Bloody Sunday. Sunday. Bloody oh, Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Song. Okay. Um, favorite film? Oh, I've got loads of favorite films.
0: You know, but everybody goes for Shawshank Redemption, but I can watch that over and over again.
2: Really, Shawshank? God, yeah. i don't get me wrong, it's brilliant. But oh no, is where, he... where are you going? Oh, it's a comedy. I'd go for a pathetic comedy. See, I can't do comedies. I've
1: I mean, told more, him this, but... I'm
2: more of serious sort of... Nah, I genre. want to feel happy. I want to have a smile on my
3: face. I don't like I feeling
2: remember like... when
3: we, we went to the cinema? Do you remember? See, you're not good with any kind of that kind of stuff. We When you were in Manchester, we went to the cinema to watch Seven Pounds oh, Will bloody Smith. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's my god! That's though, that is. Yeah. Like, Ooh. coming out of the cinema, you know, double date and all that, come come out of the cinema and everyone's like, yeah, that, that. that wasn't much now. fun. Yeah. <laughs> um... Jeff, if you weren't a
2: footballer, what do you think your job would have been? Oh, I was, you know, when I left school,
0: my dad was saying, get a trade. So I was a lift engineer for about two days, found out I didn't like heights. I was a (laughs) painter and decorator because I only for about three months because I knew I had an apprenticeship as an electrician. I was three years into qualifying for electrician when I started playing football. So
2: what age did you turn pro then? Ah, 1890 I think that's a good way of doing it you know it's very similar to me it's a good way to do it so
0: I became a professional footballer I had a choice of doing my final year as electrician to be qualified Uh, so I took a drop in wages to join crew and uh, the the reason why I went because we were going to Benidorm for a
2: pre-season trip
0: <laughs> I've not been abroad before so that was a uh, yeah, yeah be, Benidorm. over the edge of being a professional footballer. you take
2: a pay cut just so you can go Benidorm on a free yeah, 95 quid a,
0: a week is that what it was when yeah. you first signed pro at 19 yeah. I was 30, under hundred and thirty 30
2: yeah. quid electrician and 95 at crew yeah. it was worth it yeah, yeah. but you get to list, you know, have a chance to live in the dream though yeah, don't exactly. you exactly um, if you could pick anywhere in the world to go on holiday where are you going So where you been before?
0: We've just been to the Maldives. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, isn't it? You know, I'm one of the guys that can lie down and just read a book and just chill out. I don't need to be running about.
2: Not my holiday. Yeah, Maldives. I'm with you, mate. It's mine as well, to be fair. Um, What other sport do you think you could have played professionally? Cricket. Really decent.
0: I had a trials at Lancashire. Oh, so decent then. Yeah, you were decent. Bowling. Bowler, yeah. No idea where it's going now. It I played. Uh, I played Central Lanx League in Littleborough. Yeah, and they had professionals that come over from West Indies. So we had Joe Garner, uh, Franklin Stevenson, just great names. Garfield Sobers before my time, but you know, just had a great reputation.
2: Do you not do any any cricket anymore? No, you don't get involved in it. Oh, yeah. I'd love to, but my knees are shot. Yeah, now. I'm with you, mate. I'm with um, you. When you add your cruise shirt and stuff like that, it does it wrecks them, I've had three them, crew it. shirts. So. I've had three as well.
0: Can
1: right, you yeah. yeah, still play? Nice.
2: I know, yeah, just about somehow. <laughs> it's like I've got sticky glue and frigging sellotape inside mine. Um, what's your biggest phobia? Heights. Is it? Spiders, snakes, no? No, no, I'm fine with anything like that. I love this, mate. Um, best moment in your career? Beating Liverpool at like Villa Park.
0: FA Cup semi-final yeah nice we've been beaten by Liverpool 9-0 oh, at Anfield it's it's not in nice, September it? it's an experience for sure yeah. Ian Wright was walking off the pitch crying oh it's not nice he was sad he couldn't play in the semi-final he was injured he broke his leg a couple of weeks before is this the, the, the one
2: semi. for the final he was telling us about that he, he it, sort of played not it, fit very fit he came on yeah. he'd only
0: been training for yeah. about three or four weeks came on scored two goals yeah we're 3-2 up against Man United yeah. with seven minutes to go in extra time. I was captain Manchester boy oh. thinking going to beat the Reds and Mark Hughes.
2: Oh, if only. If only. If only. Yeah. Bloody hell. Uh, um, lowest moment in your career. Might have been that. It might have been that. <laughs> Crying on
0: Wembley when I could cry, yeah. When I could cry. <laughs> when I could cry, yeah. I, just, I remember looking up and watching the lights all flashing Brian Robson lifting
3: the cup. Oh. Toughest Opposition, like, because you, like, opponent. yeah, toughest opponent you played against. I
0: used to love playing against
3: physical tough. Did you? Yeah. Who did you enjoy the battle against then?
0: We used to share a ground, well, we shared a ground with Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember back so Vinnie Jones yeah. and Dennis Wise and all that uh, and Fashion You. Cool. Crazy game
2: and yeah we used to have some great games against them good old ding dongs that's when that's back in the day when you could put tackles in and yeah. proper well, you challenges you had a few
0: before you got a warning off the referee yeah you'd let it
2: ride for yeah, a bit wouldn't it yeah yeah 10 yeah. minutes before a yellow card at least yeah.
3: best player you played with oh don't even right yeah must have name. I know a lot of people saying that. best this, player you played against probably
0: the experience of everything was Gaza I scoring when he was playing at Tottenham you know just just yeah. being on the same pitch I mean we beat them uh, at Tottenham once but just being on the pitch they beat us a few times by the way as well but it was so much fun he loved the game mm. and he was I was playing alongside Alan Pardew and Alan used to wear his shorts were short weren't they yeah. in my day but Alan used to roll his up so he was like Super short, super short, and so Gaza was like all over the kickoff, rolled him <laughs> up to a point where his meat and veg were on show. Like Come on, Paddy, we're having it. Today.
2: <laughs> See, this is what the, this is what is missing <coughs> from modern day football is the, is the characters like that the people that have a smile on their face all game long, they're just enjoying themselves and going out there and well, doing and it. And
0: that's why <clears throat> I actually watched a game today, um, Forest against Bristol City, and I was watching. The guys on a, a good runner, was that for us for a couple of years? Great yeah. club. But they were looking like they're enjoying the football. They yeah. scored a goal and everybody's smiling. I watched too many teams score a goal and I they're know. like
2: oh. Hey, how many times do Man United do that? They score a goal and it's just like that's well, just what I do. And it's yeah. but it's not really, is it? It's yeah. not, it's not. You score a goal, Should you enjoy the goal. Do you know what I mean? Smile, celebrate, thank the fans, applaud the fans, come on, let's have it again. But they don't do that. It's like they're too cool to nowadays. Well, that's it. And I think they, they think it's going to last forever as well. I know. And that's
0: what I would give advice to. Enjoy every single yeah. minute. Enjoy it properly, Don't right as well. Don't just watch it go by and think, now you've got it." I yeah. still
2: go in every day, I do. Still go in every day, a big smile on my face and I'm telling the lads, lads, enjoy this, you know. It's the time of your life. This yep. is right now. You don't know it, yep. but it's the time of your life right now. Right now. Wise words. Biggest cycling achievement? Uh Getting
0: to Paris in 2005. Yeah. Which is the hardest of the three tours? We, we, the tour last year was tough. And they, they made it tougher than normal. There, there was a, a stage that was over 150 miles long. Oh. It was one of the longest stages for about 30 They need 40.
2: to change that. That's ridiculous. 150 miles, nobody's enjoying that.
0: No, but I, I think
3: this year I was like. Yeah. yeah? It was tough.
2: The weather wasn't great in the Giro, was no. it? Let's be honest, the weather was I c- brutal. can't
3: imagine any of them are going to be easy, 21 stages. Nah, but mate, when the weather's against you as well, actually yeah, yeah. nailing it down I with mean, rain. I mean, you get in the mountains, it's just ridiculous.
2: You had a couple stages where the snow and the hail and yeah. the ice and the yeah. sleet and the... Oh, it was miserable. Yeah. Miserable.
3: Toughest ever day on a bike? Um,
0: Stage 14, 2005, Gullibier. Yeah, again, it's a day that I can go back to because it was a day where I felt once I got to the top of that mountain, I could do anything. Because uh, I had a film crew from like, not your sport, but something that was like Football Monday. They were there. And the, the guys who were riding with me, I had four journalists riding with me. And they said, they are only here to watch you fail. And I thought, and I, I never to be honest. And I, yeah. And I had to, and it was 28 degrees. We're just in lycra tops, lycra bottoms, nothing else. 28 degrees at the bottom. It was three degrees by the time we got to the top.
2: I think mate, it's obviously like, listen, we're, we're at the end of the pod and that's been absolutely incredible. But you said that I nearly failed, but I think that's the reason why you are what you are and what you've done, what you've done. You've, Friggin' beaten leukemia, like they everybody writ you off, all that kind of stuff. You've got something in you, mate. You have. You've got this like steely determination, will to win, never give up, all that kind of stuff. And mate, you're a friggin' inspiration. <laughs> you are. Thank you. Seriously. I'm not even joking. You're a friggin' inspiration. Some of the work you've done. Um, rightly so an MBE, a friggin' legend of a bloke. I know I'm saying friggin' a lot, but it's true, mate. So, um what we do, Jeff, is we say, up the Foscast. Up the Fozcast. you got to look in the camera. you yeah. got to look at it and put your arm up and go, ah, what, all doing Up it? the Fozcast. Yeah. No, I'll do it first then. So, like. <laughs> do you, go go into. Just go into that again. No, that's the beauty of it. We should have rolled with that because people love seeing that. <laughs> we process. can roll with it. Right. So, Jeff, what what we're going to do is I'll go first. Yeah. You copy me after I've done it though. All right. So, you ready? We look at the Exactly the same as you. Then? Exactly the same as me okay. if you can. Yeah. So, ready? Okay. Up the Fozcast. Up the Fozcast. Up oh, the Fuzzcast. Hey, well done. Is that man. it? Well brilliant. Done, hey, brilliant. First time, first time. Oh,
3: um, <laughs> brilliant. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs>